Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Got plenty coming up in today's episode, including another weather warning on the way for Kent. I'll have the full details. Plus, we've got a chat with some former X Factor stars, as it looks like Simon Cowell has called time on the show. But first, on Thursday, July the 29th, thousands of you have been reading about this because it's feared businesses in Ashford might struggle to survive, as roadworks could cause 18 months of disruption. Now, work is due to get underway next week to replace a roundabout at the Orbital Park Junction with traffic lights. There are concerns delays will cause people to avoid the area, but bosses say improvements are needed and disruption will be kept to a minimum. Well, Dan Wright is the news editor of our paper in Ashford, the Kentish Express. Now, Dan, it's known as the McDonald's roundabout, isn't it? Can you just describe where it is and how busy it gets? It really is one of the busiest junctions in Ashford. It acts as the main entrance to the Orbital Park estate where there's scores and scores of businesses and a lot of employment and the junction just gets particularly busy as expected at rush hour times in the morning and the afternoons. It's not far from junction 10 and junction 10A, the stone's throw really from the M20. You've got the Waterbrook Park estate also accessed via this roundabout which soon become a signalised crossroads really and there's just a lot of traffic around with a housing estate nearby as well it really is one of those pinch points in Ashford that gets particularly busy at peak times with one of Europe's busiest McDonald's overlooking it as well. And this work has been in the pipeline for a very long time hasn't it but why are people so concerned? Although the plan has been known about for almost 20 years now it sort of has felt for residents that it's sort of come out of the blue a bit that this work has started the plans were approved years ago and with junction 10a being built just up the road the contractors and highways bosses decided not to get to work on this project and hold off until junction 10a was in the position it is now which allows them to start work on this a2070 scheme and although it's been approved so long ago it has sort of felt to some people and business owners we've spoken to this week that there's been a lack of consultation in recent weeks and suddenly they found out that they're going to have up to 18 months of roadworks on a very busy stretch of road in Ashford. Business owners are concerned that it's just going to be many many months of delays and issues and a lack of trade with one hairdresser we spoke to fearing that their business may go under in this time just because of the amount of disruption they will see at the main roundabout that leads to their estate. And finally what's the town's MP and also the company behind the work had to say? We spoke to Damien Green MP for Ashford and Tenterden this week and he is supportive of the scheme he feels that it's a roundabout that is rather dodgy for lorry drivers getting out of and getting onto because there's a a lorry park on the Waterbrook estate which leads onto that roundabout and it's difficult for lorry drivers to safely get onto the roundabout as it currently is by tearing up the roundabout and replacing it with a signalised junction it means that the traffic lights will control traffic easier so he's aware that it will cause a lot of disruption he's well aware of that but feels that in the long run the the safety of the junction will outweigh the disruption we'll see in the coming months. Crest Nicholson, the house builder, is funding the scheme. So they've been building the Fimbri estate nearby and they're funding this whole Bellamy Gurner scheme, as it's called. And they, they say that it will improve the highway capacity in Ashford and they'll work to 
keep disruption to a minimum knowing that it is a very busy route in Ashford. Dan thank you very much you can also see a map of where the works are due to take place at kentonline.co.uk we will keep you updated on any disruption don't forget you can follow our travel blog on the website and also get regular travel updates on our sister radio station KMFM. Kent Online News. The owner of a Maidstone nightclub that was gutted by fire has revealed he was considering moving the business to Brighton. Kieran O'Quigley, who runs Moo Moo in Week Street, says the support from the community following the blaze has made him reconsider. He says he's grateful to the thousands of people who've offered to help since it happened two weeks ago. He's also revealed he's landed himself a part in season five of The Crown, where he'll play an interior designer for the Prince and Princess of Wales. Just 3% of the workforce at Kent Police come from BAME backgrounds, according to data seen by the Kent Online podcast. The figures also show more men hold higher ranking roles than women. Now, when it comes to officers specifically, only 82 were from black, Asian and minority ethnic backgrounds compared to more than 1,900 who are white. Councillor Lola Oyawusi was the first black woman to be selected as a candidate for police and crime commissioner. I've lived in Kent for about 20 years. Kent is different now. It's well more diverse than what it was when I first moved in over 20 years ago. And we need to begin to see that diversity being reflected in all the services that are being provided all across Kent, and especially within the police force, because people from our community need to be able to trust the police more. But when you don't see people that looks like you, that you can feel comfortable and confident enough to actually want to talk to, to actually want to embrace, then it's, you know, it's, it's not going to happen. You know, and and Kent Police needs to do more. They need to really do more. The force is the only one in England to be rated outstanding for the way it treats people, but admits it still has progress to make. Meantime, there's pressure on the police to take action after two bin men were filmed fighting in the centre of Chatham. You might remember this story from a podcast a couple of weeks ago after the footage was posted on social media. Well, the men have been dismissed from their roles, but officers say no arrests have been made and their investigation is continuing. Two men who robbed people at Knife Point in Dover Town Centre have been locked up for a total of more than 10 years. The courts heard how the 19 and 22-year-olds dragged a man into an alleyway in January 20. 19. Just three days later, they targeted a 17-year-old boy in a car park. At Kent Online, you can see video of the moment police raided a flat in Dartford in connection with suspected county lines drug dealing. Five people were arrested after officers seized cocaine, heroin, cash and mobile phones. It was one of eight raids carried out across Gravesend and Dartford. Kent Online reports. Now, as promised, details on that weather warning and we're being told about more strong winds in Kent from tomorrow. A yellow alert has been issued for coastal areas as well as Canterbury and Ashford. Forecasters say gusts of up to 50 miles per hour could cause some travel disruption and power cuts. Students who are due to start university in Kent next month are being reassured they will have a great experience despite COVID. They faced a tough time during the pandemic with lectures done remotely and most social activities unable to take place. But with clearing underway for places this September, Simone Davis from the University of Kent says things will be different this year. We will be delivering as much face-to-face teaching as we can. 
and there's still probably be some that still delivered online so some of the very large lectures um, just to make sure that we are keeping students and st staff safe. We've had a lot of students apply to come to the University of Kent already, so we know students are keen to um, get on with their lives, really. Um, and with the restrictions easing, that's put things in a much better place. They're holding a virtual clearing open evening tonight. Ancient artefacts smuggled into the UK via Dover have been formally returned to the people of Bulgaria. Coins, pendants, brooches, statues and spearheads were found hidden inside a lorry at the port last October. The driver was jailed for two years in March. The UK's first bison rangers are getting ready to start their new job here in Kent. Bison are being introduced to Bleanwoods near Canterbury next year as part of a conservation project. More than a thousand people applied for the job, with Tom Gibbs and Donovan Wright beating off the competition. We'll be catching up with them on tomorrow's podcast. Now, coming up on the lowdown tonight, Ollie is going to be asking about changes to the working week. With a shift in how we've all been working during the pandemic, we're asking if more companies will look at adopting a four-day week, for example. It's going to be live on Facebook and Twitter from 6.30. You can also get involved by having having a say or asking the panel a question. Kent Online reports. Now, you might have heard that ITV has confirmed that there are no current plans for another series of The X Factor. It started back in 2004, but hasn't been on our screen since 2018. And it's rumoured Simon Cowell has pulled the plug. So who better to speak to about it than two former contestants from Kent, Charlie George and Parissa Tajamani. The pair, who are from Chatham and Ramsgate, were part of group Only the Young on the show in 2014. We caught up with them earlier while they were both in the recording studio. Obviously, it is Simon's baby. X Factor always has been Simon's baby. And he was very keen to not micromanage but oversee every mm. performance and he wanted to be a part of it and even if you weren't in his group I mean oh yeah Simon had the over 25s yes um and obviously we had Louis in the groups um he literally watched everyone Simon would still watch there, yeah. he would he would still give input and make sure that people were doing the best that they could and he is and he he was then and still is very very smart um, and I think both myself and Parissa have got huge respect for Simon in terms of what he's built for himself and, you know, the, the things he's done in his career. But meeting all of those people is just, it's, it really is like brain numbing. It's, you don't understand what you're doing at the time. You just turn off to it. And then you look back and, you know, I have so many memories from X Factor and we did so many things. I look back now and I'm like, wait, we met David Guetta. When did we meet David yeah, Guetta? Like, like yeah. yeah, like when when did we meet Tay Tay? When did that happen? Mm. But you just, you end up turning off to it. And I it don't think- It becomes your life though at that time. Like you don't, yeah. like, I'll never forget like we were sat with like all the 1D boys just watching rehearsals. And at the time, you don't think anything of it. I think it taught us to be realistic about the industry. That was probably the toughest. Yeah. Um thing for us like after x Factor, we were really lucky with our journey we, we we became um we became pretty successful and and had our own headline shows and and got a you know a top 10 single and stuff like that and it was amazing but i think the reality of the industry isn't the x factor and i think for a group like us we were lucky to have um a career before the x factor but for anyone that doesn't i do believe that you can really have a crash from it and it can actually maybe impact you in, in a negative way because it's not real life. It's like a false economy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and it's like a, a fake world almost. Yeah. Like As soon as you're out of that bubble, you're out of that bubble. Yeah. But I think actually for 
for us and for me and Charlie especially, I think experiencing something like that, it really made us become like down to earth and about who we want to be as artists, as general people in life as well. And you can hear more of that chat by clicking into the story at Kent Online. The choir that sung at Harry and Meghan's wedding will be among the performers taking part in this year's Canterbury Festival. Organisers have released details of the event, which will also include a parade through the city and quirky family circus. While audiences won't have to socially distance this year, face masks will still be encouraged. I've been catching up with Amanda McKean, who's the festival's deputy director. As you probably know, we went ahead last year with a socially distance festival, which was um, under a third of our normal capacity, but it was so well received and it was so great for people to come to live events. So this year, with the restrictions lifting slightly, we're really looking forward to it. And as you say, getting out to live events and getting back to some sort of normality, you really realise how important arts and, and culture is for our lives, I think. Not just for us and for our audience, but also for the artists, because lots of them haven't performed, haven't done things for such a long time. So it's just really important to get back to, to some sort of normality, really. You mentioned about previously it was a, a socially distanced festival. What Are you going to keep anything in place this time around? Because obviously going into shops and things, people are still wearing masks. There are still screens up. Not everyone is overly confident and I suppose that will take some time for everyone to to get back to any kind of whatever we were before and um, are you keeping anything in place this time around? So we are yes I mean the festival team and all our volunteers will be wearing masks um, in October um, and we will ask our audience to wear masks too of course we can't mandate that because it's not compulsory anymore but we ask as many people as possible that can do to wear masks and I think as you say it just gives people that confidence um, and as, as this will, will lead, we will all be wearing it. So, and you're just so used to wearing them now, aren't you? And last year it was, we were masked to the max and we had, you know, hand sanitizer and um, the, the meter distancing between people. So there'll be slightly less social distancing, but we're, at the moment we're looking at two thirds of capacity and we'll see what we can release closer to the time. As Amanda mentioned, it happens in October and tickets will go on general sale next month. It's 40 years since Charles and Diana got married and at Kent Online you can see how the county celebrated. Street parties were held and Chatham also played a vital role with the official wedding cake being made at the Royal Navy's Cookery School in the town. The then Archbishop of Canterbury, Robert Runcie, led the ceremony in front of a congregation of three and a half thousand. And another anniversary is 100 years since Marks and Spencer first opened its doors in Canterbury. It's been a permanent fixture on St George's Street since 1921 and miraculously escaped major damage during bombing on the city in World War II. You can see pictures of how it's looked over the years on the website. Kent Online Sport. Ken Footballer says he's overwhelmed with the support he's received after telling his teammates he's bisexual. Jamal Howlett-Mundell, who plays for Sheppey United, says he hopes being open and honest will give others the confidence to do the same. The club's assistant manager has praised his bravery and says his actions have helped to normalise diversity in the sport. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can subscribe to the IM News app. That will give you access to all km group newspapers just head to subsaver.co.uk news you can trust this is the kent online podcast